That's a lot of jerking. <laughs> Would you like to tell everybody about your, your grocery store trip? Nah, it wasn't really that interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a okay. there's a trashy little Mexican place right up the street next to the grocery store that we went to and got some food. I got a nice carne asada burrito, and uh, we popped in to get some eggs and bacon. Yeah, you'll be saying hello to that later. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask you... Uh, about uh facebook (laughs) what is facebook facebook is a website where horrible people go to say completely inappropriate things about their own life which i have finally blocked in my host file on my laptop it took you long enough i blocked it uh i think i blocked it like two weeks ago i didn't even notice i mean i still use it on my phone every now and again i I think i've said this before I, i use facebook like a like a really depressing rss feed of people that i used to know okay yeah well, Big don't f- use it at all, like I do, and then it really, really helps. <laughs> do you even have an account? I have an account still, but I was thinking about just canceling it. I haven't, I don't think I posted anything on there, except like uh, somebody sent me a message like a year ago for happy birthday, and then I was got to say, oh, thanks, because otherwise you, I guess, are a jerk. Well, um, I, I, I removed my birthday from Facebook, so I don't get any of those posts, because nobody actually knows my birthday. Oh, well, that's kind. Of, that's kind of sad. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the people who do know my birthday, they actually, you know, they send me a text or something. Mm-hmm. In which case, it's still awkward because I have to reply, "Thank you!" exclamation point, because that's apparently the only appropriate response to a happy birthday text. Yeah, it's it's that you know nice twenty four hour window of replying thanks mm-hmm. every five minutes or so. Well, the Facebook but, uh, thing to do is just to wait to the next day and say thanks everybody who said happy birthday, so you don't have to do it one by one. Which is equally as depressing, anyway. Yeah. But so your Facebook account is in the same category as your your Tumblr account now? Yes. And uh, I don't know if you saw my uh, my tweet storming late at night. Uh, of the how other, upset you were that Tumblr was trying to get you to follow other blogs? Yes. How dare they? <laughs> um, <laughs> how dare they suggest content to you? Well, it, but see, it's like content with like heavy air quotes on content because it's they the only the the two posts that showed up where they were suggesting blogs by just actually putting an entire post from the blog uh, into the newsfeed was, uh, were properties where they were selling books. So it was something that was being sold. So it's technically an advertisement. Um, also, I have no idea how they randomly select an ad, uh, how they randomly selected a post from each of these blogs to say, oh, well, this is the one that will convince you to follow this other blog. Usually you can tell the ads that has a little dollar sign in the upper right corner, but I've gotten, I don't know, probably 50% noise, 50% blogs I actually wouldn't mind following when it, when it comes to the, the new suggested blogs thing that they're inserting there. No, but see, I don't mind the sponsored stuff because I just roll my eyes at it because it's always so stupid. You scroll down and it's like, here's an animated GIF from a company that doesn't understand anything about youth or culture or anything. Uh We've just we've just dropped it in there. So here's our Axe body spray GIF. Mm-hmm. I think I got one of those today. Yeah, it's good. Good job, guys. I'm not buying any of your stuff. Congratulations, you've <laughs> hey, failed but, you on know, every single sponsored. They're they're uh, funding. Post you've uh, given me. They're funding the platform, so it keeps it alive. Yeah, but alive for what? Just terribleness. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm not a fan. And so uh, yeah, but I, I I kind of went off a little on that. Um, because also I noticed that. After hopping on there after a long time not reading anything, almost everything was reblogged from somewhere else. Um, 
and that has a lot to do with the people that you follow on Tumblr, of course, but at the same time, I was surprised because I don't remember seeing that volume. I think it's the the users that were posting had shifted um, over time away from like people posting long-form text stuff or uh, posting images of things to all just being reblogs of other more famous blogs that mm. people were finding, which I, was... I, I don't find to be as interesting. No, definitely not. That's more of a, a thing you... A people you follow thing, I suppose, because I mean, I, I use Tumblr as sort of like a stupid, jokey catalog of my life. I don't like it's not a curated platform of pictures that I found from other blogs that I thought were cool. It's just my stupid. It's it's crap. not it's not curated memories. Uh, no, uh, it's uh it's pictures of me mowing the lawn and stupid crap like that. So yeah, you don't you don't do uh do you do Instagram either? No, because. Facebook bought them, right? Never, never did that. I think I, I think I had an account, but I never posted anything in it, and then I canceled the account. Mm. So that was. I think dramatic. I got uh, all angry when they got bought too, but then I kind of just. It, it's a different subset, like you know, um, the people. Uh, obviously, the audiences are different in all of these places just because of the nature of the platform. But uh, the Instagram platform or the audience for me is really like family friends. It's really weird and. Uh, Tumblr is more like stupid internet friends who I know a little closer, and Twitter is just literally anyone. And Facebook, like I said, is people I knew in middle school and high school and don't really care about anymore. So, you know, the audience is different there. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I got angry when Facebook bought Instagram, and I stopped for a while, but then I went back, and uh, I should be more angry about Facebook in general, but I've I kept Moves app installed on my phone, too, because I kind of like it, even though Facebook knows everything about me now. Okay. I was supposed to delete all that because everyone got all mad because Facebook is going to get your personal uh, location data and all that fun crap. But uh, I, I don't, I don't care that much. Yeah. Um. But so going yeah. on from that, I was going to say <laughs> that it, uh, it had come up recently in a conversation I was having with someone that we've got, we went through five episodes and we never said the name of the podcast in the podcast. Well, yeah. So we've never said defocused on the show before ever i mean what what are we the twilight zone like are we gonna submit it for your approval welcome to the defocused podcast no we're not who cares what the name is it doesn't mean anything <laughs> no I, I well no it doesn't mean anything but i was just like our i wonder if there's a psychological reason why we hadn't brought it up because we usually just start talking to each other like we just answered the phone welcome to today's show ladies and gentlemen i have john roderick on the line people don't do that Ugh. Ugh, gross. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Just do a Skype calling noise, and that'll be that'll be fine. Bloop, bloop. Yeah, that sounds more like a, a phone in England. Mm. Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. You know, like in that uh, Pink Floyd song. I was gonna say it sounds like an ambulance in England. <laughs> they have the, they have the <laughs> they worst the sirens in Europe. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Poor Matt. He bought a 4K TV. Apparently. Yeah. Traitor. <laughs> Should have should have listened to our insightful advice about. Think things. of how many uh, IKEA bookshelves he could have bought with that money. I was at IKEA today. <laughs> you were at IKEA today. I broke three plates yesterday. Uh, yeah, was, plates, was that so uh, was that out of furious anger that you chipped a tooth? No, I shouted "Opa" and then started breaking. St- no, <laughs> I I, uh, I I accidentally dropped a uh, a glass and. It fell from the shelf onto three plates. It cracked the three plates, but the glass bounced off fine. 
I'm absolutely amazed by that. So, uh, so you're saying it was like one of those karate demos, but with glasses and plates instead of some uh, old guy who works out too much and uh, pieces of cinder block. Yeah, I would not make uh, iPhones out of feldspar porcelain, by the way. Um, so Feldspar porcelain. Well, that's what it said on the bottom. <laughs> I uh, looked because I had to replace them. Uh, where is there an Ikea? Oh, is the the like Burbank? Wait, no, no is that what the uh, Ikea is? Well, there's one in Burbank and there's one in Carson. Uh, Where the so hell is the Carson? Carson one? Uh, it's if you keep going down the 405, past the airport, past Manhattan Beach, past Redondo, past Long Beach, Carson. That's closer to you. Uh, ironically, it's it's less time to get to that one because of the traffic going in the other direction, especially if you're going early in the morning. So I was in and out of that IKEA in 10 minutes. Have you ever been into and out of an Ikea in 10 minutes? Uh, No, it takes 15 minutes just to walk that little arrow track to get around it. Oh, no, you cut through where where there's those little gaps. Yeah, I mean, you can try, but then I usually end up walking the wrong direction and going back towards the entrance. Well, I did that one one of these times. Ikea is the the shining uh, uh, maze of retail stores. Yes. Yeah. So you uh, you got some new plates. Yeah, and I, I watched all of Silicon Valley uh, mm-hmm. last week because you had demanded that I do so. I did not demand it. I said you should you, watch it. You said it several occasions, so I consider that to be a demand. Um, I said it was funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you think? Uh, I thought th- I got through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's only uh, <laughs> eight episodes, four hours yeah. total. Yeah, eight episodes at 30 minutes apiece. Um, so yes, it was, it was quick. And? It was quick. <laughs> That's all you had to say? No, they, was there was, there were some funny parts, but I overall was disappointed. I thought they could have done a little more than what they did. Um, namely, first of all, I was disappointed in the, uh, techno babbly stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was, it, it's, it's kind of disappointing if you can identify that something is maybe not being used correctly or with the um, appropriate amount of emphasis on it or if they you know weren't checking in their code or anything and so it would matter and they would lose all of this data if somebody were to mess up a file <laughs> you're talking about the 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 scene where the the 17 year old kid accidentally writes over all of their stuff yeah that doesn't make any sense like, uh, in- including when uh, in the last episode he says, "Like, of course I'm being safe. I back up my computer like five times a day." Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it's so dumb. It, there it's are, just there it, are a fair number of inconsistencies, but it was a plot point. Yeah, wait, but that's the thing is like if I can read it as it being there just for a dramatic plot point, then it really bugs me because then it's like you you were too lazy to write something else that could have been funnier uh, or, well, or or a sharper critique of Silicon Valley. Uh, and speaking of sharper critiques, uh, I thought they could have really done more with gender than what they did because I was really disappointed that the only women on the show were some sort of lap dance entertainment person, <laughs> a uh, the the business assistant to a venture capitalist, and the cupcakely uh, founder who was there working the cupcakely booth and didn't actually know how to code herself and would just flirt to get guys to do it for her 
which I thought was pretty offensive that she was the only coder they showed the entire series run of eight episodes. Yeah. They they really could have done more with that. Because, I mean, they, they skewered race stuff uh, pretty well, uh, but they just sort of left the gender stuff as as is in Silicon Valley, which is sort of disappointing. Yeah, they made a joke about it saying that the tech industry is normally 2% women and the, the conference is going to be 15, so watch out, it's going to be crazy, but... Um... Yeah, they didn't that really was do kind of a dumb to. joke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, but see, that's the thing. Is like, I just I was disappointed, and I wish they could have done more. And I was also disappointed that, of course, she's the love interest, the the assistant. Um, and it's yeah, just but not like, until well, the, like the second to last episode, which uh, was curious to me. You know, um, I don't know if, if you're he, aware that uh, the the guy who played Peter Gregory, he died halfway through the series. You know that, right? I I knew that afterwards when they had the in memory of thing in the last episode yeah Uh, so i know they had to rewrite a fair amount of the last half of the season and i'm curious to know which parts and i kind of feel like that part is one of them because there was not a whole lot of wrap up there and it just kind of felt unnecessary and i I, i'm the whole series though was like that i'm trying to piece together in my mind what they uh, threw together at the last minute to make up for scenes that they couldn't shoot anymore and i guess i'm kind of cutting the whole series a little bit more slack than you are because i kind of knew that going in yeah, I, I, every part that I don't like, I kind of feel like, well, maybe that's uh, a byproduct of the fact that they had to throw a bunch of stuff out. No, but see, even in the pilot, the first episode, there's there's a whole will they won't they vibe with her and him outside the hospital. I so uh, didn't get that, but I, uh, I I had a pretty strong will they won't they vibe from that, and they they do it a couple times where he's all like, oh, you took advantage of me, and she's all like, it's just business, and ugh. Uh, but <laughs> emotions. Um, so uh, I just wish that it had been more sophisticated than that. Like I would have liked it if she actually had a boyfriend and wasn't, or a husband or something, and wasn't interested or in being involved with him, uh, and that he could, you know, explore something else with with his life rather than it. I, I know I understand the economy of characters. Like you need to to have some of these people pair off in some way, but to have her be the only consistent female presence through the series and she turns out to be the love interest is kind of lame. Well, and then you've got that incredibly weird um, relationship with uh, Guilfoyle and his girlfriend who just manifests out of nowhere in the creepy episode about the... Yeah, Tara. Yes, the, they, the well, sexual they, tension there. Yeah, they, they refer to her uh, in, a pre, in a prior episode where they're saying, oh, she must be so weird and all that stuff. And of course she shows up and she's not that weird. I mean, the, the, the Satanist ceremony was certainly strange. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, Mike judge in general, he, he tends to make uh, weird characters out of people that you may have known and just takes them, you know, another step further in their weirdness. But the whole Satanism thing, I don't know where the hell that came from. Was that supposed to be just some odd commentary on the, uh, state of religion in the tech industry i didn't understand that one bit no i don't think it was a commentary on anything i think he was just like oh it'd be funny if we we had a bit in here making fun of satanists i mean they've already got guilfoyle guilfoyle being this like weird uh kind of inscrutable canadian guy who is full of himself and he's supposedly the best guy uh, on the team in terms of code, you know, as uh, so he mm-hmm. thinks. But, like, where, why why does he have an upside-down cross tattooed on his arm? And why is he going to Satanism ceremonies where they're eating Chick-fil-A as uh, a meal? It's just to make him seem strange. Uh, I, a stranger, I guess. Um, 
But I mean, even the, I mean, I got to imagine a lot of people who watch this aren't familiar with the tech world, and most of these people are going to seem pretty strange right off the very introduction, just by the nature of who they are and what they do. I don't know why that was necessary. No, I don't know why that was necessary either. But it was, um, it was even less necessary for uh, the uh, final couple episodes where uh, they were both helping out the uh, female founder of Cupcakely and. There was that whole conversation about how, oh, he was so into, Dinesh was so into Guilfoyle's code, and they traded those barbs back and forth. And it was just like, well, that's also pretty dumb and juvenile well, I thought the, and random. The, the essence of the joke was kind of funny that he was actually turned on by code. But yeah, the way that was, it's probably a joke that they thought was so good that they had to get it into the series somehow, but probably should have just been left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, well, like, the whole thing with, like, oh, her code is so beautiful. I've never seen anything like it. It's so amazing. She wrote this one method that was just, like, wow. And I was <laughs> I was listening to him talk about that, and I was just, like, wrote a method that it made you love her? What? Not, not to mention the fact that, A, code could never do that, and B, yes, of course you've seen code like this. You see it all the time because you work with the guy who wrote it, but... I know. Yeah. It, it, but see, that was another instance where it's just like they they wanted to make something sound like a technical reason. But well, if you want to talk about the, the technical stupid. thing that seemed completely ridiculous was their quote unquote use of cloud that they brought the seventeen year old in for. Oh yeah, yeah. We we don't have a cloud. We need a cloud. I can't figure out cloud. We need cloud. I don't know cloud. Like that's not a that's not a word. That's a mm-hmm. don't don't say that. Well, I feel like also you could take this series and just replace many of the terms with like visual effects terms, and it would seem <laughs> like a small visual effects house. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's just like, oh man, uh, the the macro she wrote was so amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. The way it handled the the roto mats in <laughs> and out was just amazing. The uh, although you know people listening to this podcast that are not visual effects artists probably think that we sound like that anyways did you see that non-linear color space conversion function that they wrote that was so awesome wait yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it would be a a different set of kind of quirky characters not quite the same uh introverted weirdos but there are certainly introverted weirdos in visual effects but uh yeah we got more i think we got more hippies and artsy artsy fartsy people yeah so what we're saying is we're going to pitch this to showtime as a competing show yeah we'll call it Cul- uh, uh, Cul- culver city will be the name of it mm. <laughs> no they'd probably do it in vancouver uh <laughs> to take advantage of the tax breaks no no no. that's um, that's like the um that's like the first act of the series breakdown they, they have to struggle to survive when the tax incentives are moving to vancouver oh god <laughs> this sounds like the most depressing show ever Let's put this. Uh, yeah, this, let's let's euthanize this show idea. This, I, this is some third rail stuff right I here. I think they call. <laughs> I think they call that putting it in the parking lot. I'm not entirely mm. certain. Yes, let's put it in the the euthanistic parking lot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, talk about the characters. For there's a hell of a cast in this thing too, in terms of the people yeah. they picked. Uh, Kumail, I I was, I I always liked Kumail in his comedy, but. He fit this role pretty damn well, and he was really funny. I really enjoyed watching Kumail on the show. Oh, I think he was great. I, I love Dinesh. Uh, I thought that, especially when it came to trading barbs with uh, Guilfoyle, um, that the two of them worked really well off of each other. Uh, <laughs> when when it was the, the whole thing with Scrum, uh, where they were sure that they weren't going to wind up competing against each other, but mm-hmm. in like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to go outside to look at the new logo, yeah. and he's like, 
go ahead. I'll wait right here. And <laughs> just that, that look of defeat on his face where he's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit here and keep typing. Yeah. And, then and the, the whole uh, thing with the the, his citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Jared just assumed that <laughs> Dinesh was the one with the, the, like, the bad immigration the? status. I'm an American citizen. <laughs> and then how uh, they gave it to Guilfoyle while he was apparently still looking for parking. That was a fun joke. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, all in all, I thought, uh, I don't know, the, the things about this series that I thought were humorous are the cultural inside jokes that people in the tech industry get, you know, like the 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 Hooli thing, the whole just Google weirdos and the... the I'm going to change the world. Yes. The, yeah. They, <laughs> the, uh, that, the, was a, that was a recurring theme, is the delusion that they're going to change the world with their, with yeah, their inventions. The, the repetitive montage at the TechCrunch Disrupt where they were making the world a better place by revolutionizing XYZ. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of the other people at TechCrunch Disrupt, I absolutely love the scene where the guy was pitching the uh, the human heater, the microwave to heat people. <laughs> oh my god! I so hope somebody was dumb enough to try and pitch that at some point in their life because that is so the idea that comes out of just a uh, an engineering delusion that sure it's technically possible to heat someone with microwaves without killing them, without even remotely thinking of the the public perception of what you're actually doing. Well, the part I liked about that was really the denial of the presenter uh, when when he was faced with questions. Thank you. I've been yeah. working on this for 15 years, so I can assure you it's safe. Let me show you a demonstration right now. And they all like hit the floor and scream, no, 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 turn it off. Yeah. And, well, and I like the way that uh, they say, oh, well, it, it, they make a statement that this won't work. And his, and his response is, oh, well, that was a good question. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like that wasn't even a question. Like your your device is fundamentally not going to work out. <laughs> yes, and I did. Uh, I I thought it was a nice symmetry that they both started it and ended the series with uh, Richard vomiting into a trash can because he he's in over his head, mm-hmm. which is pretty clear that that's the sort of the theme of this whole thing. That uh, this gifted programmer has no idea how to exist in a world beyond himself. Yeah, well, he'll figure it out from the middle out or something. <laughs> God. I'm sorry. I still think that scene is hilarious. Uh, okay, <laughs> the the part where they they talk about this and actually start considering and mapping out things is funny. The part where he goes and codes the 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 new engine and mm. then throws out everything they've done is absolutely absurd. <laughs> and, and I, so I, I couldn't I couldn't get on board feasible with that. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No. Well, th- not just that, but even if he had rewritten the engine. Why in the world would that impact any of the other things that were actually happening? Why would that impact the cloud or, or any of the other components? Because it's just the compression decompression engine. Like, what would that have? It doesn't make any sense. Oh like, yeah, because I they, guess technically they, it's just a little component in their overall diagram. Why couldn't he just excise that and put in a new one? Yeah, I mean, it was just a little block on their little flowcharty thing. I well, mean, it's it more dramatic if he throws it all out and he just has the one thing and still defeats the bad guys. Yeah, I know. Well, the, the, but of course, that is the answer, is that it was there purely for dramatic, you know, for tension, uh, that conflict, that like, this is going to either work or not work. And you could tell that it was going to work out for him, because in a Mike Judge show like this, like, there's no way that he's going to end with everything not working out, like, th- th- being a total failure. So thank God he got that Weissman score, uh, and then <laughs> the, they the got fictional the th- measurement of compression that they actually had a, a data scientist invent for the show. Yeah, and well, not only that, but my favorite part, my absolute favorite part, was that he, the the one guy had a hard drive with 3D video on it, just because 
<laughs> and of course, it's the only thing that they haven't been able to master because 3D video is so hard to compress. Well, that was um, completely nonsensical. <laughs> oh my god, it was so stupid. It's like actually, it wouldn't be that hard to compress 3D video because most of the stuff is the same between the two. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, a 3D video. Here's what a 3D video file is. It's two videos, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's just yeah. two videos. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, unless they're compressing uh, digital cinema playback files, which they wouldn't have access to in the first... Anyway. Uh, or one of those crazy, like, uh, uh, auto-stereoscopic six-direction displays no, or something? No, that would... No, there's no there's no reason a human being would have that on a hard drive. Oh, okay. uh, well, there's no reason a human being would have, like, that random mountain 3D thing on his hard drive either. Well, maybe he's bringing it around to all of the uh, the vendors at the, the conference and saying, here, compress this. Let's see how you do. He's a judge, after all. Yeah... I don't think that's the reason. I it it is it, a little silly that this whole thing comes down to, you know, everything they've been building up to in the series just gets thrown out at the 11th hour and uh, basically rebuilt from scratch because they have to pull an emergency save the day with... Uh, pivot. So, yes, they have to pivot. They have to pivot. Oh, God, that guy was so good. Uh, I, uh, I, Zach, Zach Woods? Yeah, I but see the thing is I really like him. Uh even w- when he was acting uh in a more competent capacity before his breakdown and <laughs> uh when he was acting after I thought the acting was great. His delivery was always good. But I-, I was disappointed that the character was broken at the end of it and that he didn't have an arc back up. Like he he just he just breaks and then that's it. That's the end of him. Uh, he, he, gets, he gets some sleep at, at the very end, and then he uh, runs in and is suddenly coherent again. But he's not—he's not competent. He doesn't—he doesn't do anything. Like none of them really <laughs> do anything that change. Like they—they they don't. Uh, like Gilfoyle, Dinesh, Ehrlich, like none of them have an arc back up that they—they they have learned anything over the course of these eight episodes. In some of the earlier episodes, like they have little mini arcs of how they've—they've. They've, learn to work together over one issue or another but there's no like arc over the series of like you you've changed over time and you you've figured something out which is kind of a shame like i wish that it had ended with more like because richard has an arc over the series like he he does have his anxiety that maintains throughout the entire series as a constant but he improves in uh his ability to uh come up with creative problem solving skills uh, his business acumen his uh, ability to even stand up there in front of the crowd at all although um, m- most of his arc is the other characters in the story literally saying here's what you have to do go do these things and he says yeah. no i don't want to and then eventually he just does except yeah. i guess in the end there he kind of uh, there's not even really an arc with the, the speaking thing he just kind of says well i have to do this because i can't explain it to you and he's terrified but he kind of does it anyway yeah, it but, doesn't seem like he grew into a person that could suddenly speak in front of a large audience. He just uh, stumbled his way through it. But I don't think you could take Richard from the first episode and have him present at all in that last episode. I so I do think there was some change. Uh, but I mean, obviously, he's not like a polished presenter, um, and certainly nowhere as good as Ehrlich. But uh, <laughs> should we talk about Ehrlich for a minute? Yes. Uh, what, yes. What is? Where does this character come from? Aside from, I mean, is this just what happens when? one egocentric person sells off their startup and makes enough money to buy a house in Palo Alto? Well, as near as I can tell, he's kind of a... He's, he's sort of kind of like this character that 
thinks in terms of what worked for other people and tries to mimic it um, as best he can because he thinks that's the path to success. Yeah, you're speaking, of course, about the part where he dresses like Steve Jobs and has a little bobblehead figure of Steve Jobs. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, not to mention, does a shit ton of drugs and goes to Sonora, um, which which is great because it's sort of the send up of these are all like it's stupid idol worship like it's not an endorsement of the idol worship like well he says he came up with the name for aviato while he was on mushrooms or something too so that's why he decided to do it again yeah sounds about right (laughs) um but but yeah i mean and that goes to the whole like steve jobs taking lsd and all that that kind of you know the mythos of of these sort of like psychedelic like hippie computer culture kind of thing of like if, if it worked for steve jobs it'll work for me kind of thing like i liked that i thought that was funny and it was it was an interesting send-up of it so i guess uh one question when we're talking about all of these insane people in this insane culture that is not necessarily accurate what what do you think this does for perception of the tech industry for normal people i mean normal people outside of this world do you think it makes them look at the tech world as bigger weirdos than they already are or do you think it just kind of confirms what they had already suspected uh i couldn't begin to guess i know that um jason had walked in when i was watching uh the part where he needed to go give his business plan uh, and had uh put his pants in the sink <laughs> um th- th- which i thought was diehard hilarious uh like i i i couldn't stop laughing from that and he, he watched it I, I like rewound it i was like you gotta see this part and he watched it and he's like i don't think this show is for me <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, so, I guess, yeah. I mean, we could sort of understand somebody being uh, so full of anxiety that they're worried about a presentation that they end up putting their pants in the sink. Well, I mean, who hasn't been like, oh, no, I've got this tiny little water spot on this shirt or on these pants, and I don't want it to look like there was some sort of an accident, so I'll just, you know, put a little more water on it, and then it'll look like it was totally not that thing, and <laughs> it, it just makes it so much worse. <laughs> but it took it to the extreme, because he puts... His pants completely submerged in the sink. (laughs) Yeah, this is the part that I enjoy about this show in that you can see where these characters sort of came from in the real world. And obviously they're stretching them to be funnier for uh, a TV series. But yeah, you can totally not relate, but you can say, yeah, I can totally see a guy I used to work with. One of those weirdos that always used to microwave his fish burritos that, uh, yeah, I could see that guy accidentally doing some of these things. Yeah. What was it that you said a guy used to microwave your work? Oh, God. There was someone that would, every day at 4 o'clock, or, well, right around 4 o'clock, sometimes it would be 4.30, for example, uh, he would microwave uh, strips of turkey bacon. <laughs> um, and it was uh, a kitchenette that was uh, no walls around it, and then it was an open-air office where there's, like, those, you know, five-foot-tall, ho- like, pony walls, like the little tiny mini cubicle walls. Uh, and then, so it's this giant open-air space where the smell of... Uh, what's being microwaved can move out basically in about, uh, I want to say maybe 100 to 150 feet, depending on what's being microwaved. So uh, almost everyone could smell it. But nobody knew for a while what it was that was being microwaved or who put it in there, because we'd mostly smell it after he'd open the microwave back up again. (laughs) And so people were calling him the hot dog bandit, um, (laughs) because it smelled like hot dogs. Uh, Oh my god, who eats bacon in the middle of the day as a snack? I... I, are you kidding me? Like the number of people in sort of a tech job that have weird food habits, or is that some sort of a? Uh, it hasn't occurred to you that somebody somebody might do something like that. Yeah, I, the tech office I worked in was full of 
boring old people who it's it's so stereotypical it's not even funny anymore that would burn popcorn at three in the afternoon and the whole building would smell like burnt popcorn mm-hmm. well that, my uh, popcorn would always burn uh so that was never a favorite right when you could smell that someone was microwaving popcorn it was inevitable that someone was going to burn that popcorn yeah well part of it was um, because uh the microwave that they had given us was you know probably 30 years old it had an old dial that looked like a uhf tv on it so you could never reliably microwave anything for any given period of time which is why i never did that but uh, oh and it, it, those those ones are also like 700 watts or something or 600 <laughs> yeah, right. watts and it's like barely any power so then they leave it in there forever and it just makes that just makes the whole situation way worse than if it was like yeah. a high-powered microwave yeah, I think there was an egg timer sitting on top of the microwave that people tried to use but was completely unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And that was in a, a building that was quite large and had a, a solid closed door between the microwave area and the rest of the cubicles. But, you know, it's a drop ceiling and a giant HVAC system, so I was just going to push it everywhere anyway. Oh, yeah, of course. <sighs> How do we get on talking about microwaves? Um, I uh, don't really know. <laughs> I like the idea of... Uh, the fact that they're just they end up working out of the house because that's such like a that again gets back to the mythos of silicon valley that everything is just invented from someone's living room oh his incubator yeah um even down to the he gets 10 percent the pied piper um irrigation system guy who comes down to beat the crap out of me goes ah, i remember when i started in my garage it's like you started an irrigation company in your garage why not it's just pipes <laughs> i you know i figured you might need a little bit more infrastructure than that Tech, tech companies really need what electricity and lights well yeah but he he didn't have a tech company he had a he had a irrigation company I, yeah that's what i'm saying i think he might need a little more infrastructure than just lights oh okay well i mean sure but i mean you can put tools in a garage you know that right um, yeah like they made the apple computer in a garage you know that right yeah but those are like it's circuit boards it's not like oh but it's not like pipe <laughs> it's not it's not irrigation systems for no, no. large complex com- complex series of tubes um <laughs> <laughs> that is a complex series of tubes comparatively and i like yeah. how they have the the guy complains that he's got a giant server farm on the side of uh his farm there which apparently is down in gilroy and uh, i've driven through gilroy i don't remember ever seeing any server farms down there maybe there are some but uh sure i like gilroy though because it smells like garlic Ugh. <laughs> That's where I'm not are. on the same page. That's where they have a big old garlic factory. It's fun to drive by. Uh, well, not not just the garlic. I mean, they're famous for their garlic festival because there's so much garlic grown in Gilroy. Yeah, I don't know where the festival is. I only I, drove, I only ever drove past the uh, the factory. I'm gonna guess the the festival might be in Gilroy. Well, yeah, yeah. Gilroy's not very that big. It's just okay. it's like a it's like a Barnes and Noble and a Best Buy and then a garlic factory. Hmm. Man, they're going to be in real trouble when that Barnes & Noble closes. <laughs> I did like uh, Andrew Daly's character as the doctor who kept trying to sell that uh, that device to tell whether or not you're having a heart attack or a panic attack. Oh, he, he the doctor was so funny. I love the doctor. Uh, oh, my God. Well, like, the the first time they showed him, and he couldn't remember which which one it was, whether or not he had a, a agreed to take the money or tried to grow the company, which which one it was that made him shoot himself uh, in the head. And then he starts <laughs> giving him advice up. on like, oh, if you're going to shoot yourself in the head, don't do it with the temple, because now the guy's just blind, and you know, his face is all messed up, and his wife <laughs> left him, of course, because, you know, the face. And <laughs> it was just like, it's the worst doctor. 
It's so funny. Uh, the the one thing I thought a little, was a little bit weird in terms of the characters was um, the Hooli guys that were like the fist bumping bros who were like talking trash to Richard before he left to go do his own things. Like, I don't think I've ever come across those guys in a tech company, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I can't say that. I, I Well, I mean, I haven't been around that many tech companies, so I can't say for a fact that I haven't seen people. <laughs> Is like it your that. opinion that Google employs people that like... Uh, chest bump each other whenever they figure out some sort of compression algorithm? Well, no, but, I mean, haven't you known any animators in the VFX field? Like, people that just do animation? Yeah, they uh, don't take their headphones off or talk to people. Oh, really? See, we, we <laughs> yeah. had the... I worked with animators who were, like, very brotastic and, like, had, like, an Xbox to play Halo on um, and and ping pong and, like, the whole thing. Like, it, it was very, very funny. So they were very similar to those characters. Um, but I think that might be a specific cultural thing of a place that you're at. I guess. No, I've never, I've never been around anyone who was a, like a trash talking bro who also did things in the same place I did things. Oh well, I didn't know anybody who was a jerk like those guys. Um, <laughs> like the, the when I, when I when I was talking about brotastic, like that's in the nicest way possible. I mean that. Like it, it, it's just like you don't have anything in common on a social level, but it's it's not like anybody's rude. But in the show, they're definitely total jerks. Um, and, and it's also seemed pretty unfounded because it's like, why would they care enough to make fun of him about anything? Doesn't, there didn't seem it to be any motivation for, yeah. Cause apparently in this world, every single person has their own website slash startup that they're working on on the side and, uh, they're all competing because if your side project is stupid, as they thought Richards was, they, uh, they talk down to you despite the fact that they both work for the same company. Yes. So it's just, I don't know. It was kind of silly. Um, and you know, poor big head, um, <laughs> I, 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 that I actually thought was pretty hilarious. His, his arc of not having an arc of, of, of just discovering that he just really doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. If there was any ever, if there was ever any character that I related to, it's that guy who goes like, oh yeah, I can sort of do these things, but no, I am so not as good as those other guys over there. So, you know, kind of here. <laughs> I, I love that because he, he couldn't sell anybody on what he was capable of doing uh he whenever anybody asked for his advice on something he's like oh I, i've actually i don't know i wasn't there i don't have any he's idea the big gulp and they're like why did he do this he's like uh I, I don't know remember the giant tootsie pop that he had when he was walking out that one <laughs> that time was, no that was a that was a candied apple on a stick oh it was a candied apple all right I, anyway I, that's that part made me laugh so much he, he's walking out of presumably this google-esque place where they have you know, chefs or whatever at your disposal because it's a great place to work. He's just walking out of work with a candied apple and a stick. Yeah, no, it's very funny. <laughs> um, and and the whole thing of like they they just have this group of people where they're not assigned to any project and they just hang out together on the roof uh, mm-hmm. and then go like walk to have lunch for forever and it doesn't walk, matter walk because no one no one expects them to do anything. Um, which is which is it was pretty funny. Yes, and I I can't say that's terribly far off from things that i've seen in the tech world but you know yeah i thought it was funny the one joke that didn't land obviously is because um big head is an actor the part where he couldn't throw the hacky sack back up onto the top of the building for them mm-hmm. it's like when he's doing that you can totally see that he's an actor who works out and it's like you've got large enough shoulders to throw that but anyway yeah <laughs> i don't know why that bothered me i don't know why that bothered you either um but uh yeah, so basically, I just wish it was better at what it was doing, and I don't really find it like offensive. I just wish it was just. I, I just want it to be better. Like yeah. many many things in life, I'm disappointed in it. 
and it it has let me down. And <laughs> I did like that there were you know two billionaires that were basically just buying companies to spite each other. Yeah, well, that was actually a pretty funny line from Monica. Uh, where she's like, "This is you know two hundred thousand dollars is nothing. Like <laughs> this is no big deal. Like they'll they'll do worse than this if if it meant just you know making the other guy have a bad day." Mm-hmm. Like that. and then their little their little confrontation in the restaurant that was just so awkward and hilarious. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> the the way he's just like trying not to say anything. He doesn't can't manage the words to like to to navigate the social situation. <laughs> and then you know the 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 entry into the the scene where he's talking about how he eats the asparagus for the nutrients. Yes. Oh, I loved his character so much. Especially, I mean, yeah. again, that's one of my favorite lines that comes right after that scene is that this is displeasing. <laughs> and he just makes that noise. <sighs> <laughs> the, uh, if I scurry to the restroom, do you think he'll... He just pops up right next to him. Yeah. Uh, see, I wish... Uh, it's super sad on a great many levels that we lost this guy, but I, I wish that we would have been able to see the, the history behind that old photo where they were friends as kids and... For some reason, their paths diverged. Yeah, well, supposedly, I read, um, I, I was Googling around about what they're planning on doing for the second season, or when that's coming out, or whatever, and because uh, mostly because I was curious about what they're going to do with this character, because he was so funny, and he's also the backer, the primary backer of their company, uh, and they had made a big deal about the rivalry between him and Gavin, uh, and uh, so it turns out they're not going to write him out of the show, and they're not going to recast him. Um, so I guess they're just going to keep mentioning him, but he's not going to be on screen. Um, he's just going of, to be on his weird island in the ocean somewhere and sending I emails. Guess. I also I thought the island was just too much of a stretch. I mean, I know that <laughs> I know that it's funny because it's like they're real Silicon Valley idiots who are trying to like make their own countries and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say an island on the international dateline is not any more stupid than the Hyperloop or SpaceX, really. But no, 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 it was stupid because he had actually followed through on making it. Um, like <laughs> SpaceX is pretty far along. Well, no, 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 no. But SpaceX isn't stupid because it's actually functional. Um, but the the whole like making your own island state thing was kind of silly, especially with the Wait. the robot forklifts. Uh, who, who's the one who has their own island? Is that Ellison? Uh, yeah, he. But he he didn't make it. He just right. No, no, no he built it. I, it's, he, you know, the, it's the it's yeah. the television show leap of making it a little silly. Yeah, well, it was just fine, but it felt more like idiocracy than than Office Space, I guess. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, this, mm-hmm. this this being a Mike Judge movie. And now that I'm thinking about it, in Mike Judge uh, properties, movies, TV shows, whatever, uh, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of the characters have arcs aside from the main character. It, I mean, like, look at Office Space. I mean, uh, Peter had an arc, but the others didn't really, did they? No, they just kind of learned their lesson that they'll never do the Superman plot ever again. Um, <laughs> Which was Peter's idea in the first place. Yeah, and Jennifer Aniston's character didn't really have an arc. She just was more grounded um which was not really like an achievement uh, and so the really only the one who changed was was peter and to be honest office space is uh probably a lot closer to my personal experience in the tech world than uh, silicon valley is but it's interesting to see the way 15 years apart these movies represent basically the same industry right yeah and so especially the coding for the y2k bug but uh the right. uh right. uh and that's one of those things is like a lot of um reporting knocked silicon valley because mike judge doesn't 
is a is an outsider to it or that can't understand how strange it really is and it's like well he did actually do some work there so yeah wh- where did he work do we know i can't remember off the top of my head um i think it's i looked the, it up one time it's the dilbert guy who worked at uh, ibm wasn't it no uh scott adams the dilbert guy uh worked at microsoft oh okay yeah and so all of his stuff with dilbert was skewering microsoft i also rather uh enjoyed and identified with the dilbert uh animated show <laughs> Not just because uh, Dilbert was voiced by Daniel Stern. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to like it. Um, I I used to like it when, like, many years ago. I mean, I don't know if you've read it recently, but it's not... No, I didn't know it was still around. <laughs> Well, that's that's a good sign. Um, no, it's, it's not fantastic. And also, he's apparently nuts. So that's great. Um, Scott, Scott Adams is nuts? Oh, uh, yeah. Go, go look up some stuff on him. Uh... <laughs> He's interesting. Uh, so that's that's us. Just wonderful. Um, just goes to show what this tech industry does to people. Mm-hmm. Just makes <laughs> makes you crazy. Makes you crazy. It makes you vomit in trash cans and uh, forego ten million dollars to build your own compression company. Mm-hmm. But, at, this, at this point, is there really a whole lot of innovation going on in the compression world? Like, is it is it even possible to conceive that somebody would come out with something so mind-blowingly better than everything else? Well, it only works in the case of Hooli, because um, any... And I'm saying this as if it were a real company, because they actually have an infrastructure where they can uh, have a client and server relationship, um, where you're sending emails and stuff over this network so they can use their own compression stuff like if you were actually writing your own compression engine and like that was that was your whole company like pied piper like you weren't you weren't making anything else then it's really hard to get that off the ground because then you have to try to convince other people to integrate your engine and pay you um as opposed to using any other normal standard so what's the point even google when they made when they bought up og vorbis and they made uh you know their whatever it was wp8 or whatever uh video spec free oh right i forgot about yeah that. yeah everyone forgot about that because it was it, it wasn't even uh it wasn't competitive enough for uh mp4 performance it wasn't good enough quality um it was it, it, so it wasn't wasn't worth knocking the market leader out i thought it was just supposed to have some sort of added security over top of the existing ones no, I, I think they might have touted something with that, but it was, it was mainly about the fact that uh, eventually the MP3 consortium or whatever was going to charge for, uh, I think, the encoding or something. I don't know. It, it was unclear to me. Uh, there's been a lot of really good reporting on it. Somebody should go read that. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but they, they've walked that back because of what Google did, uh, but Google's not really investing and in, changing things in the compression space so i don't really see that taking off also if you ever use google hangouts then it's pretty obvious that maybe they should focus on some other things because video <laughs> compression is not that great uh Speaking for them of google either. hangouts th- that one scene where he was in jackson hole having the the virtual conversation with big head where he had the the holograph and then the video chat and then the phone line and all of them crapped out mm-hmm. i thought that was just perfect and just hilarious i I could have done without the hologram. Um, <laughs> well, obviously that's the the silly next step part of it, but yeah, but that's another idea. one of those. That's one another one of those things where it's like more like idiocracy than it is like office space, where it's or, it's just, or was it a really underhanded jab at, at ISPs? No, I think it was just a jab <laughs> at people who are on the bleeding edge all the time. Um, but yeah, the uh, 
uh, I thought the video call was was funny because he couldn't could get his message across, and uh, it, it also played off the fact that his character is not the calm centered character that he thinks he is, um, calm centered spiritual character. Uh, <laughs> who so is that, consulting with his guru who has decided not to sit for a year yes yes oh, so i mean so the whole gavin thing was interesting but uh <laughs> you want to talk about the uh the sesame seeds and the cicadas burger king <laughs> again this is another example of uh like the magic the quote-unquote magic of the tech world and the way these crazy people think and the way they find money in these strange places that I thought was ridiculous and both hilarious at the same time. Yeah, no, and it's another example of what a great actor he was. Um, Cause the, the way he delivers every line uh, is so alien uh, that <laughs> it's, it is, it's absolutely hilarious. Like if he's he, this, if he read his idiot savant of business where he's going to, he can stare at any product long enough and then find a way to milk the money out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of I'd like to think that they're not like implying that he has Asperger's and they're making fun of people who have serious um No, uh, I think he said he based that uh that speech pattern after somebody who's actually in the tech industry, not somebody with uh any sort of ailment, but just somebody that he he found and sort of decided to amp it up a little bit. Yeah, no, we, I mean it was hilarious. Uh just the everything was so foreign and completely outside of uh, uh, his normal thought process and then whenever he'd like focus on the problem to get through it it seemed like he was ignoring uh those those idiots from uh their data center that was burning or whatever um i love his super thin car too when he's waiting uh after his little presentation about dropping out of college yes yes that was a cute little car um but yeah, it's a real shame that he won't be around because I thought his I thought his character was uh, extremely funny and contributed a lot to the series. Um, this idea that all you need to do to be a billionaire is to have extremely specific knowledge about a great many completely unrelated things and just tap into those from time to time when they are necessary. And your point? <laughs> Apparently, that's all it takes to be a billionaire. Just you know, read a bunch of things about. Uh, Cicadas. Sesame seed growth patterns and cicadas and what they eat and which countries uh, have them and which how often they come out of the ground to eat them. Yes. <laughs> hey. Ridiculous premise. But. It, it was, it was, but it, it, it worked out in a funny way over the course of the episode because yeah. it seemed like he was just completely off on some random tangent until it all came together. Uh, yeah, so I guess that was, that was uh, of of the ways where they're they're expected to illustrate at some point during the show how this guy actually became who he is and the the powerful person that he is. Yeah, this was a pretty good example of figuring out. Oh, he's just a, a really kind of odd, strange man who knows a lot of things, and he can put that to his use whenever he needs it. Yeah, <laughs> I did like the argument with the uh, the old bearded guy at the presentation when he's telling people to drop out of college. Just yelling at him, you're a dangerous man. I, I don't think so. <laughs> and of course, yeah, drop out of college because all of these other famous people did it too. Well, yeah, and that's sort of like one of those tropes to make fun of is is that uh, it'll just work out for you if you do exactly the same stuff as these people did. If you, <laughs> you know, drop out of college, if you, you know, take mind-altering drugs, if you uh, wear a black turtleneck, if you have... 
you know, a Steve Jobs bobblehead. I mean, it, it's all of those things. <laughs> but as untrue things. as all these things are, isn't that exactly the way these people operate most of the time anyway? Oh, God, I hope not. Um, this is why Merlin is literally rolling in his grave about Inbox Zero. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it has more to do with, uh, what was that recurring thing? Of, uh, you know, it, it's not, you know, buying a, a notebook's not going to make you a better writer. Um, yes. What brand of uh, pen or pencil or whatever is not going to change anything well, sorry sorry mike yeah, um, let's let's but, not trash a <laughs> podcast related to pens and notebooks because i'm a fan of notebooks and yeah. uh, space pens yeah <laughs> space pens i have a space pen it's right here it's cool okay it's fits in my pocket that's fantastic <laughs> i'm so proud are, are we a pen podcast now yeah uh, yeah no okay the other thing I really liked, um, because I'm an idiot, is uh, in the little animated intro, the little like 8-bit intro thing that they did, which I thought was kind of nice in the first place, but um, the Intel building is actually shaped like that, and in the intro I can see the window where I worked. That's depressing. <laughs> Every episode just reminds you that you used to work there. Um, yeah, I can see the little window. I was like, oh, yep, I used to stand in that window and stare out longingly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I meant to check this. Uh, I don't know if it's like on art of the title or something, but uh, they uh, it looked like that artist E-Boy uh, who does the pixel stuff, but it looked rendered. So it looked like the kind of thing where maybe he would have consulted on it or something, or they did it in his style of that isometric uh, uh, layout. Mm. But it, it was also nice that they started so quickly with just a very short introduction because as somebody who was watching eight episodes of that, I would have been really annoyed if it was like a full. Plus it's like a where's Waldo. So you can look in a different spot every time and try and find new stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did the, did the intro change from episode? Well, the intro didn't change. The music changed, uh, like Shakira and stuff. Um, (laughs) and they, uh, was it, it was flow rider. Uh, <laughs> right. and then yeah. Kid Rock in the openings in the opening episode was fantastic. Oh God, it's so strange. <laughs> just he's just so pissed off at these guys, but he's just doing his thing because they're giving him so much money. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's the thing is like, uh, it's very funny if you go like read or watch any of these things about coverage of uh of these like launch parties that startups have because they always pay for like some big celebrity to come in and perform and it's like well it has nothing to do with the actual company or the brand or the people there or anything like that it's just like it's just a sign of wealth that they can reach out and like tap this person and have them show up yeah Um, i thought it was great that right off the bat they were showing that this whole world has like a very rich and storied culture but it's completely separate from the culture that the rest of the world lives in because these people are uh, in a very odd unique place and most of them are absolutely insane because they have no idea what to do with hundreds of millions of dollars. When you said rich and storied culture, I, <laughs> I almost like my eyes almost rolled so far back into my head that the optics. <laughs> when I say rich, separated. I mean like rich, like that chocolate thing you can buy that is so painfully sweet that it hurts, or just financially rich. Well, I would have gone with that one. Hmm. <laughs> Willy Wonka. What, what what happens when you, for decades and decades, have way more money than you know what to do with? And give it to people who aren't necessarily the best with it. And what comes out of that when you've just built a culture around it for 50 years? Horrors? Unspeakable horrors? <laughs> Silicon Google Plus Valley is the answer to that. <laughs> no, <don't> Google Plus. <laughs> oh, God. After three years, you can use anonymous names on it. Congratulations. <laughs> no, whatever. I still don't know how to merge the one from my... No, I've, I've very carefully managed to navigate uh, keeping everything off of google plus 
Um, I have two. I have two of them now because I have Google Apps through my website and I have a Gmail account and I don't know how to merge them. I never will be able to figure it out. No, I, just I, ignore them. I just hate those things. Like for a while, they were popping it up every time you you go on. I, I'm sure they're probably still doing it, but I'm not like signing on to Gmail and the web browser very often. But uh, they they were popping up the oh, update your account, upgrade your account. Like it'll it'll be like as if it was some sort of a normal process, right? To, to just expose all of your personal information on Google Plus. Uh, so that was that was that was stupid. Um, good good job, guys. That's one of my favorite things about, uh, I use Mailplane now, which is basically just an app with a window into the, the web interface for Gmail, but it allows you to hide everything that is not Gmail. So like the Google Chat stuff and Google Plus, it all just removes that from the interface, which is lovely. Uh, yeah, I was using I was using Sparrow, um, and then <laughs> Google bought them. <laughs> what is this, 2004? Yeah, well, no, no, but that's why I just don't check mail on my computer. Um, I've got a... a in the event that I do need to check mail on my computer, like there's some stupidly long URL or something, like a link to like reset a password or whatever, then I use a. Have you heard of a Fluid? No. It's a. It's an app that basically just lets you make apps that are just web views of a site. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's what um, Terpster's using for uh, cheaters now. I don't know what that is, but sure. Yeah, uh, but that, um, and that's by uh, Todd Ditch- Todd Ditchendorf. And so, I, I mean, I have that. And it's the only thing I use it for is Gmail. Uh, you could use it for anything. For a while, like a long time ago, I was using it when there were all those different competing social media things. Remember Plurk? Uh, <laughs> no, and, what's a Plurk? Yeah, well, it was it was like Twitter, but with like a nonlinear timeline thing. Um, it, was, it was a strange chart. Uh, and then there was a social thing which offered to combine all of your stuff, and that was bought up by... Uh, uh, wonderful, glorious AOL, um, and uh, they then that team that was behind Social Thing ruined AOL, which was kind of an impossible task, really. Like <laughs> you think, like that couldn't have couldn't have happened, but uh, just goes to show you how great Silicon Valley is with with startups and like making something the new great thing. You can always you can always just be horrible. <laughs> All right, so. Uh summarizing and rounding uh rounding up everything about silicon valley here what do you, what do you think uh are you I, excited to see season two i don't know if excited is the right word i would be ex- i'm excited to see if they change some of the things that i didn't like about season one uh if they have a season two that's exactly like i'm gonna guess they won't I'm probably going to guess they won't either. Um, but if they change some of the things, like if they introduce a female coder or something like that, who's not a love interest, for the <laughs> freaking just don't do that. Like, just, just have someone on there who's just normal, and, like, the guys aren't fighting over or anything. Like, that'd be fine. Um, and you could, you could do really incisive, great comedy with that. Uh, and I'm really disappointed that they missed that opportunity in the first season because they have one female writer on their staff and they've had, uh, I think, two female directors of episodes, of the eight episodes. So n- no excuse, really. Like, they, they, can, they, can obvi- they could obviously regroup on that one, uh, and I hope they do. And I was reading somewhere that Kumal said that season two is going to focus a lot on the will-they-won't-they relationship of Monica and Richard from the end of the first season. so nobody needs that i'm hoping he was kidding and that that's not actually (laughs) happening because i really that's one of those things that bugs me too is like every mike judge comedy 
movie that he's made and like this TV show has had a will they won't they like unlikely pairing uh, getting together thing like office space you know she's this waitress and he's this idiot guy that sits in a cubicle and steals money and uh, they they <laughs> get together thank you yes 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 <laughs> his his hypnotizing is obviously what made him embezzle but uh, the uh, but so they they're an unlikely pair and they get together and then of course there's you know uh, idiocracy and they're an unlikely pair because she's obviously uh, somebody who uh, works in a certain way for a living and so they they get together and it's just one of those things it's like come on Mike like you can you can make a series or a movie or something where there's not like an unlikely pairing of a guy and a girl and they get together and oh no who saw that coming um, that's, that's just all I want <laughs> I want uh, I want McGinley to come over to Silicon Valley I love John McGinley one of the Bobs from Office Space. I'm trying to picture who that is. Is that the one from Scrubs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love him. He's very funny. The, the thing about uh, this show, which I, upon second viewing, it made me think about more, is that the the tech genre has kind of become like its own genre now. It's like it's like a western now, and the the different stories people are telling just with the tech scene as like a background are interesting because you've got you know you've got things like this, you've got the Mike Judge silly stuff, you've got the You've got the social network stuff, which is the serious version of it, you know. And uh, I think it's interesting that, I mean, well, you've got the the horrible tone-deaf things with the internship. But um, I think it'd be interesting to see over the the coming years how this becomes like a genre unto itself in which the tech scene is just kind of a backdrop uh, on top of which to tell regular stories. I hate Westerns. (laughs) I don't like them much either. But, like you know, it's uh, the, the Western doesn't really make it the story i mean it's just the setting and i think silicon valley uh the the place could be a reasonable setting for a lot of place for a lot of stories in the future yeah but i would hope that there is more diversity right i mean but i'm sure there are people i'm sure there are cowboys actual cowboys watching westerns going that's not how it's done and we're kind of the tech guys watching the silicon valley going that's not a word that's not what cloud means so I think that, you know, this could be a, a genre that produces things that aren't necessarily accurate representations of what's going on, but it could be uh, useful. Okay. I, I I like that because, you know, it's it shows well, an evolution I mean, of genre. It, I, I would almost compare it to uh, like a sitcom that has uh, the, all the characters run a bar or they all run a magazine or something. Like it doesn't whatever that is doesn't ever seem to matter to whatever the plot is. And certainly none of them have a grasp on what it means to run that sort of a business. So uh, at least in some regard there, they, they would pay attention to some of these things in Silicon Valley and they've paid attention to some of these things and other Silicon Valley like entertainment shows and movies. Um, But, but it still bugs me that they, they kind of go halfway on making it accurate or making it incisive or something like it it always feels like a half measure. It's still so new and we're still just, we've seen a few successful examples of things using the tech industry as a backdrop that, uh, you know, the, the, the further along we get and the more that people try to do these sorts of things, maybe they'll sort of let go of the fact that it doesn't need to be, 100% 100% technically accurate, or it doesn't have to be 100% culturally accurate, but let's use this as a backdrop to tell stories. And in a future where there's going to be a lot more technology, theoretically, wearables, uh, maybe this is a world that uh, is more Dang. familiar to people. 
Yeah, no, uh, I said that, I said that ironically. Yeah, uh, but the uh, well, I actually have it in my browser history. Uh, I can just start typing wearables, and it brings up the tweet that Matt Alexander had because I was <laughs> I was looking it up so many times last week to paste last week to paste it into uh, chat rooms on five by five and on ATP. <laughs> uh, just, Which tweet just, was that? What he just said wearables. Yeah, yeah, just the wearables in the the small caps uh, Unicode text. Uh, <laughs> just just because I'm just a jerk. Uh, but yeah. the uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just it, it's it's just frustrating, and I just want them to do better, and that's it, and that's the the summary of of everything. Uh, and it won't hurt you to watch Silicon Valley if you haven't, even after. Well, I don't know who would listen to like an hour of us talking about this and then just be like oh maybe i'll check it out now but anyway yeah. if you're that person i'm, I'm I still think talking people should to check you it out. yeah go 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 watch it it won't take that long and then you'll you'll get it and you'll see like the parts that could be better yeah and i'm i'm still you know i'm gonna try and give them the benefit of the doubt and say that most of these things that are uh disappointing uh culturally or whatever it may be i'm gonna say that's because they felt they needed to do that to relate to people who actually understand the content but eventually you know once we get a little bit more familiar with this as a genre they'll realize that they can stretch that and you know kind of do the things that other tv shows do and push the social bounds and be the first place to do something that is not actually in the norm you know something outside the box that would be a positive in terms of uh the culture rather than just representing what we have now well and see and in regards to like technical things, like they went through all the trouble of doing Scrum and like spelling out like why they were filtering these things on the board. The way I wonder if that it. just made Casey's brain explode. Uh, I don't think Casey watched it, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but y- y- you know, I, it was just kind of one of those things. It's like, oh, Agile, Scrum, whatever. Like I could identify what was happening there. I was like, okay, fine. Like that's okay. But then, like I said earlier, like the whole thing with they weren't using code version control or anything like it didn't make any sense and so i i I want them to not do those things just well honestly how many episodes do you think it would have taken for them to explain code versioning well they didn't need to explain it they could just be like this is kind of a dumb plot point because we can roll back a version maybe we shouldn't write this to happen this way like there are this is me cutting them slack because i'm wondering if that entire scene section whatever with the carver was there originally or not well, I bet it was because I think that um, I think that the, the whole thing with him going to the island was a replacement because obviously that oh, was sure. that was the Gregory story. But uh, the uh, uh, the the whole thing with the Carver is like they had him there to undermine Richard's confidence, to make him feel like he wasn't smart enough and he wasn't good enough and he wasn't talented enough and he was just old and. Uh, not capable of performing, which is kind of funny because he's 26. Bastard. <laughs> Bastard. But uh, so anyway, they could have done that. They could have had that redeeming arc that happens at the end where he's able to actually get everything under control through other means. They didn't really need to write it so dumb. Like that that didn't need to be so stupid. Uh, Maybe they just really wanted to see TJ Miller slap a 12-year-old kid to go get him some Adderall. That was funny. <laughs> but they still could have done that anyways. I love that. Which one was it? <laughs> he throws the bike over the hedge. <laughs> like a kid who got beat up by one of his friends down the street, and the, mm-hmm. the, the dad comes out to defend him. Yeah. No, that was very funny. And, well, his I mean, little speedo. But it was also funny, too, like the, the whole thing of uh, uh, he's trying to buy the Adderall, and the, he, the, guy, the kid's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go tell on us? You're going to say complain that you couldn't buy illegal drugs from a kid? Uh, and, and so it was just... 
amusing. Um, and the whole thing about abuse of Adderall and stuff like that, that, that was kind of, well, I don't want to say funny because it's sort of sad in a realistic <laughs> sense, but funny in the context of the show. Um, yeah, it's one of those moments that hits a little too close to home, but it's still a little bit, it makes you laugh and cry a little inside. Well, yeah, I mean, didn't you, you've known people that, Oh, for sure. Yeah, where they were just like, oh, all I need to do is, like, take Adderall and I can, like, get through this, you know, whole entire project I should have been doing for three weeks tonight. And then you're just like, uh, maybe don't do that. (laughs) I think that's the subtext for this whole podcast. Every episode is maybe don't do that. Yeah. Oh, God, we totally totally forgot to do follow-up on the coffee shop. Oh, oh. So, Dan? Yeah? I had a question for you. Yeah. Where are you being? (laughs) <laughs> i have been to oh god i can't even do that no that's god the name is so dumb but i did it's, go it's to, recorded we have it we have it on audio now yeah i did go to where you bean coffee it was good it was a tasty beverage um apparently they've been open since november but they just didn't have a sign so uh they had the old cash for cold sign above where their store is and i just didn't realize that there was a coffee shop in there wow so yeah, I went in, uh, got a latte. It was tasty. I mean, it was infinitely better than the Starbucks that's catty corner across the street. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's basically an Ikea inside, you know, they've got to <laughs> looping back to Ikea again. The, uh, the inside is just, you know, they bought one of those tables that extends out, uh, to fit more people and they bought a couch and they bought one of those little rolling partition walls and a couple chairs. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. They have coffee and, uh, I didn't, I didn't see the pudding. Uh, I was I should have got some of the pudding, but you know I um, I wasn't awake yet because I hadn't had any coffee. So okay, have have you been back since? I have not been back since. I did buy a bag of beans from the bean. Oh God, I got to stop doing that. I did buy a bag of beans, and uh, that has supplemented the the small gap in between Tonks shipments. So um, that is also better than buying beans from Starbucks. Do they roast their own beans, or are they are they insourcing from uh from San Francisco or something? I think they are probably insourcing that. I did not see a giant roaster because most of the uh, artisanal places that roast their own beans like to display their roaster very prominently. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like uh, your old pals at Handsome, who is, th- they're, they're now Blue Bottle, uh, they had a whole roasting equipment thing in the back behind a big glass wall. Yeah. I'm sure you remember. Yeah, Sight Glass has uh, a lot of that stuff out in the open, too. Yeah. Because like obviously it, it makes it taste better, really. <laughs> when you can see when the you roasting. can see it, when you can see the roasting happening, <laughs> and when you can see the open rafters and uh, you know the, yeah, the hand carved wooden chairs and and the mustaches uh, and the neck tattoos, you got to right. really engage all of the senses, um, yeah. really for the full experience. I think, yeah, I think definitely. I think Sight Glass was the least uh, twisty mustachey place of the places that I went. Uh, I have to say Handsome's probably the most. Yeah, Handsome's number one. I want to say Blue Bottle was number two, although there were some really strange people at the Blue Bottle down there. Uh, and then, yeah, Sight Glass. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where you been? He just, uh, just one employee, just one person in the whole building. It's a very small place. There was only one employee. Well, then I have other follow-up uh, up for you. You're not going to like this one. Have you been to the gym? I, I have not yet found where you gym. Um, oh, but no. oh, no! I was I was gonna go uh, yesterday, but I ended up uh, cutting my lawn, which was about three feet tall, and uh, replacing some sprinklers, which was enough of a workout. Uh, How do you even itself. have enough water to grow three feet of grass in Arizona? Sorry, Good Beverly Lord. Hills is burning. <laughs> 
apparently. Uh, you know, uh, it's very patchy, the grass here. So the, the small parts of the yard that get a little bit of shade from a wall, uh, they are about three feet tall. The rest of it is just scorched brown dead grass, even though it gets watered every day. So yeah, I, I cut that and then replaced some sprinklers because they only last, you know, six months. At least the tops of them do. They just crack and break and get full of dirt. Did you do that in your garage? <laughs> no. I did that in the backyard. Thank you very much. Okay. Just ch- just uh, checking on your Pied Piper status. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start a uh, sprinkler replacement business from my garage. My, not, my There's not even enough room to walk in my garage. My uncles uh, ran a uh, sprinkler company um, called Sprinkler King. <laughs> That's an awesome name. Yes. The uh, unfortunately, King. no, no uh, startups have approached them about acquiring that name, to my knowledge, uh, no. for, for use. Do the, they grow the, uh, sesame seeds? No, the Sprinkler King compression engine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was, I'm not giving you that hard of a time about the gym thing. It just mostly makes me feel better about also not going. Yeah, no, I was going to go yesterday, but I had enough physical activity in my backyard. But uh, yes, thank you. I knew you were going to ask about that. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I, I, I could see it from the burrito place where I had lunch today. Is that, that's that always important to engage all of the senses in your exercise layout. <laughs> uh, you know, just like the taste buds are important. The uh, yeah. the smell of the burrito, um, mm-hmm. the sight of the gym. Uh, see, I think if yeah. I stare at the gym while I eat the burrito, I will eventually come to associate the taste of carne asada and sour cream with my gym. So I will go to the gym. And then I will have duped myself, and then I will exercise. Are you sure you won't exercise and then associate that with uh, salivating for a burrito and then <laughs> go across the street to have a burrito right after you exercise? Well, you know, gyms these days, they have those wipes, so if I end up salivating on a machine, I can just wipe it off. That's very Pavlovian. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. <sighs> I'm sweaty. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> Shut it down. At a very minimum, I wanted to uh, encourage people to uh, follow our Twitter account, Defocused Show, because uh, that's where we announce a couple days ahead of time what shows we're talking about, so you can watch along yourself. I like how you said all of that as a question. Yeah, it's a question. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hesitant to tell anyone to follow anything on social media anywhere. Brand, so brand engagement. Yeah, you don't want to engage with our brand. It's a podcast. You don't have to engage with the podcast. Listen to the podcast, and you're done with the podcast. But yeah, if if you are uh, curious to know what shows we're talking about, movies we're talking about before we uh, release the show, you can go there, and we usually post it a couple days ahead of time, so you have time to watch. Although in the case of Silicon Valley, I don't think you're going to watch eight episodes in two days. Although I did. I did too. <laughs> That's because we have no lives. <laughs> <laughs>